0: Hey, my name is Amanda. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you find your next step toward Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: center of
2: Jesus at the center. I can't think of a better declaration, a better song to sing, a better prayer to pray than that one, that Jesus would be at the center of this day, of this new year. Good morning, everyone. And happy new year. Welcome, 2023. Here it is, right? Uh, when, When we looked ahead and saw that New Year's Day was on Sunday, which doesn't happen very much. I thought a few things. First, there won't be many people at that 915 service, (laughs) more than I thought. Uh, And also, what an opportunity for us on the very first day of the year, on the morning of the very first day of the year, to draw near to God. It says in James, come near or draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You believe that? I believe that. And so we thought, what better way, um, what better gift we could give the people of LaCroix is spend the first service of the year drawing near to God. And, and friends, the scripture's true. He will come near to us. And so this service is going to be different than what we normally do on the weekends. If you're here for the first time, welcome. We're so glad. Uh, Next week will probably be more of a typical service. If you're worshiping online, welcome. We're so glad that you're joining us that way in the room. Yeah, it's going to be different. Remember last uh, month we did a series uh, on prayer, and we used the PRAY acronym, you know, P-R-A-Y. Well, what we're going to do during this service is we're going to take about quarter of the service and focus on pausing and then a quarter of the service and focus on rejoicing and then asking and then yielding and that's going to take us through our service today as we draw near to God I know that he will draw near to us so welcome to this service of prayer and worship today
0: hear these words from Psalm 131. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content.
2: stilled and quieted or calmed myself. Another way to render that is I have stilled my soul. The soul, it's deep within us. And the soul runs from noise and a hectic life pace. And I don't know about you, but in this past month, I've been running hard and fast. It's ironic that the season we set aside to prepare for uh, Jesus and uh, celebrating his birth can be one of the busiest, craziest seasons of the year. And it's very possible that in the midst of the rushing here and there and doing this and that, that we actually lose sight of the God that we want to worship. And so when our life is filled with noise, when our life is filled with activity, and some, of course that happens often, it's very possible. What happens is the soul retreats. The soul, one author has said, is shy. And it has to be coaxed. Um, and it's the part of us that really was built to, to know and commune with God. It longs for integrity. It longs to be authentic. Um, and, and it longs for God. The psalmist in another place said, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you. And so in order to get in touch with our soul and not just our schedules or all the things we've got to do in our lives, um, it helps to get quiet. It helps to, uh, to pause. I have found that my, my mornings where I try to spend the first hour in silence and solitude and, and reading of Scripture, that uh, it has actually become the most important part of my day. I love that time in the morning. See, silence comes more naturally for me. For my wife, it doesn't. She, she's a little uncomfortable with that. For some of you, it is a natural, what some would call a downhill discipline. It's easy. For others, it might be more uphill, a little more of a struggle. But all of us need our souls long for quiet. Our souls long for, for uh, an opportunity. Because here's the idea. We can't hear that still, small voice. That's how God's voice is described to us, still and small. Quiet if if our lives are filled with noise. So ironically, one of the things that helps us draw into the presence of God and and helps us pray more than anything is to put aside our our prayers, to stop talking, and to get quiet, to pause. And like the the psalmist, in a spirit of humility, I I, I don't concern myself with great matters. I'm going to get quiet before you. So we're going to take a full two minutes in silence. I want you to receive this as a gift. This may be the best two minutes you spend this day as you begin this year. Let's still and quiet our souls.
3: can stay seated or stand if you like. Would you sing this with us? my day this is my day this
0: of all your wonderful deeds, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. In that day, the song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter. The nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Feet trample it down, the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. The path of the righteous is level. You, the upright one, make the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown. the desire of our hearts. My soul yearns for you in the night, in the morning my spirit longs for you. When your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness.
2: Those are just two of many, many passages in Scripture where the Author, the psalmist, the uh, prophet is just lifting up God's name in praise. In the psalms it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The proper way to enter the presence of God after we've paused in silence before him is to rejoice, to, to be thankful. This is something that is on the hearts of the righteous, to lift up God's name. Jesus said it this way, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Can we say that together? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And in doing so, Jesus is saying to, set, to, to start prayer and our, our worship of God with uh, declaring his praise, rejoicing in his presence, loving God. Uh, Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. Our our job is to proclaim the glory of God, to proclaim his goodness, to use our lips to praise his name, to, to lift up high his glories. We were created for this, to know and to love and to glorify God. And so when we rejoice, when we give thanks, we're doing the very thing that we were created to do. And we come into his presence. And Jesus says, to pray, our Father. I I think one of the the greatest hindrances to prayer that I have noticed in my years is people's view of God. Because um, sometimes our view of God is shaped by authority figures in our life, especially a father or mother. Um, and, And some, let's face it, have had dads maybe who were stern and harsh and always pointing out the bad things. You know, if you got all A's on your report card, you got one B, what do they talk about? Right? The B. And some of you have, have, have lived under that, and then you, you hear God referred to his Father, and it makes you wince a little bit. But Jesus, over and again, wants us to know that our Father is good. That he is the one who, when he just sees this, the turning of our hearts towards him, comes running to us. That, that he is filled with love and affection for us. He's for you. I think what keeps some people from prayer is they're they're afraid that God is disappointed with them, that they've let God down, that God looks at them and feels utter disappointment. Friends, he's for you. In Romans, Paul said it this way, "If if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, most of the time, we focus on the second part of that. Who can be against us? That's awesome. But did you see what he says first? If God is for us, and the implication is he's for us, yes. He's for you. So that means you can come running into his presence, running into his arms. You can lift up his name in praise and adoration, knowing that he receives you joyfully. And for many people, one of the ways that they find it easiest to express praise and adoration of God is through song. And so we're going to sing a song right now that allows us to rejoice in God. Let's all stand.
3: Particular the thou.
2: some guided prayer. The first was two minutes of silence, all right? That was how we allowed you to experience that. Now for rejoicing, I'm going to prompt you, and um, I I want you in your own heart before God to, to pray what comes to your heart as you hear these prompts. Father, we do come to magnify you, to make you larger, to make you larger, because you are bigger than any mountain we may face, and we thank you that Are God and that you are able to deliver your people? You look back at last year, what would you thank God for? What did He deliver you from? What, What answer to prayer? Your time of need, how did He deliver you? Thank Him for that in your heart, would you? past few days where has God shown you his goodness do you reflect on that and, and thank him for how he's shown you his goodness when you think of our Lord our glorious God what attribute what attribute Maybe his love, his holiness, his mercy comes to mind. Or what name is dear to you for the Lord? Would you just praise him right now in your heart for his attributes? Truth is, Lord, we spend the rest of our days giving thanks to you, rejoicing in you, in the mighty acts of God, in Jesus Christ, in the ways you have blessed us, in, the, in, the, in your goodness and who you are, we will spend all eternity growing in our understanding of who you are and in awe of your splendor, your majesty, your magnificence. And it's that we remember today in worship in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Ask.
0: Here are these words from the Gospel of Luke about asking. Then Jesus said to them: Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, Lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't, give up, I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity,
2: in the teachings of Jesus found in our four gospels that um, where he encourages us to ask, to come boldly before God, ask and it will be given to you. He wants us to state our needs. Yes, he knows our needs before we ask, but he wants to hear from us because it's in relationship that we grow in understanding of God. And every time we we go into the presence of God to ask, we we access his presence. We draw near to him, and he wants to hear from us. So ask. I go through seasons where I maybe don't do that as much. Um, And last month when we did this series, I did the week on asking And I don't know if it did anything for you, but it did a boatload of good for me because I needed to be reminded. In Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, his chapter on asking is so good. And it just stated the obvious. It's like, yeah. And so this last month was filled with several uh, requests that I made of God. And I stated it out a couple times. I wrote them down, and I, I made specific requests. And I, I have to say that I have been in amazement of how God has answered those requests as I've asked for some specific things, couple amazing things, uh, which I, I can't share publicly, but I have seen just an amazing way that God answered. And if you remember, if, if, if you were here this week, that week we talked about asking, we talked about the perennial question, is it proper to pre- ask for a, a parking spot close to the building, Right. You know, and I admitted I've never done that before. Uh, and so I had to go back to the mall. Remember, I said Black Friday went shopping. It was the worst day of my life. I had to go again because one of the pairs of shoes I got didn't fit. So I had to go back. So I go to West County Mall this time, same short, to, uh, to drop these off. And uh, I drive in, and I'm just kind of laughing. <laughs> okay, it was crowded, crazy. This was right before Christmas. And I prayed, God, would you find me a place? Because there was no places. I was driving all I said, would you find me a place close to the door? And I'm laughing to myself as I pray this. And I kid you not, I drive around to that one entrance underneath this canopy and this is the spot I found. I'm not going to say that every time you pray for a parking spot close to the the mall that you're going to get it, okay? That's not the point. What happened that day is that I entered the presence of God and he transformed my you know what would have been a miserable experience going shopping. On my way back out, I got lost in the star drive Macy's, going around walking, trying to find the exit. Other, never mind. Um, but I just, I just laughed, and it drove me into the presence of God. And so, if praying for a parking space brings you into the presence of God, ask. Jesus said, "Ask, and it will be given to you." Our problem is where we settle for far too less, and we pray such timid prayers. Let's pray, believing. For now, let's sing. Let's all stand. Here to guide you in prayer uh, around asking. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in, in the uh, Lord's Prayer said, Ask. And it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find, knock, and the door will be open for you. And he's in the Lord's Prayer, he said, Give us this day our daily bread. So however you want to pray, close your eyes, whatever, let's pray. What is your daily bread today? this day, January 1st, 2023, ask, what is it you need from God? Go ahead and tell him. As the calendar has turned to a whole new year, maybe you have some challenges in front of you, you have some needs, Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's with your health. Would you name a couple of the big things, the mountains, the giants that you're facing, and just ask God right now. Ask him specifically what it is that you. One form of asking is intercession, where we ask on behalf of others. What is the thing that comes to mind for you right now when you think of a loved one, a friend, and ask? Pray for them and their need right now. Is anything keeping you up at night? It's a worry. Right now, would you cast your cares on him and ask him to take that from you? thank you that you hear our requests, that you're eager to hear our requests, that you welcome us into your presence, that you are good, full of mercy and kindness. I pray especially right now for the person or two online, present, who feel that you're just disappointed with them. God, would you let them know how loved they are? Thank you that just as a loving father, our mother wants to hear and be in the presence of their child, that you feel the same way about us. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege of prayer, which means to ask earnestly. Thank you. Amen. Prayer also involves yielding ourselves. Listen to this scripture from Paul. in times before the New Testament, when people brought an offering, it was usually an animal of some kind and that animal would die. So an offering literally was something that was brought and that that, that would, would die. Here Paul says, no, bring, offer a living sacrifice, yourself to God, fully surrendered to him. And so in prayer, we have the opportunity to yield which we don't like the concept of surrender, but when we surrender, it's like in, in weather systems when there's low pressure, the power of the wind rushes into that low pressure. High pressure keeps out the, 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 the wind and the, the power of the atmosphere. And likewise, when, when, when we're keeping God at a distance, when we're not yielding, we don't experience the power and the grace and the presence of God, but when we yield, we do. Many, many years ago, I read a, it's really not much more than a, than a, a longer pamphlet. It was written by a guy named Bob Munger, who's since deceased, and it's called My Heart, Christ's Home. And he, and he compares our lives to the rooms of a house. And how those different rooms relate to Jesus and His control in our lives, and he talks about the the I'm, I'm paraphrasing greatly, okay? He talks about the front porch, and that front door. That's where we actually invite Jesus in. When you when someone knocks at your door, you go to that door and you let them in. Maybe you are aware of a famous painting at St. Paul's Cathedral in London, where it's Jesus knocking at the door, of someone's house. And, and he's wanting into the house. But one unique feature of that painting is that the door doesn't have a doorknob on the outside. Jesus will not take that doorknob, turn it, and burst in. He will only come in when he's invited. So have you, maybe the place to begin for you today is inviting Jesus in. And then there's the living room. The living room is where we have most of our interactions with other people. Uh, We read there. We watch TV there. We entertain guests there. We probably interact with family more there. What part of your relational world needs to be surrendered to God? Maybe it's a broken relationship with a loved one. Maybe it's it's some friend that there's something broken there. Um, What needs to be surrendered in your relational world? And then you can uh, walk back to the kitchen. Um, you know, what? A, I think there's like 150 cooking shows these days, right? We talk a lot about cooking. We, we're foodies now. We love food. Previous generations had a lot of caution around this. In fact, they even said that um, gluttony was one of the deadly sins. And it's terrible for me to bring this up on New Year's Day, isn't it, after the last couple of weeks. But let's be honest. Sometimes food has more control over us than we really should give it. Does that need to be yielded? It's very common today for people to have an office at home. Maybe you, I have two of my kids, they work full time from home. Maybe you do that or maybe you work just temporarily or a couple days a week from the house. What about your work world? Even if it's at your house or not. God doesn't call us to be Sunday Christians. We're to take this into our our vocations where we work to, to, to exemplify Jesus there, is there something that needs to be yielded in your world of work? And then there's the bedroom. We spend a third of our time there. How's your sleeping these days? Fitful, full of anxiety, anxious thoughts. Is there some anxious thing that needs to be surrendered to God? And let's be real that's our sex lives. Sometimes that's the last thing that a person will give over to God. It's like they'll let Jesus in every other aspect, and every other room of their life. But no, 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 not the bedroom. I'm going to call the shots there. Have you surrendered that? He says, surrender your bodies and honor God in your bodies. Maybe you have a closet. Um, For us, it's a room in the basement called the hoarder's room. (laughs) We stuff everything in there. We don't know what else to do with it. We don't want anybody to see it, you know. And everyone has maybe one of those places, those closets, because we don't want other folks to see that, Are there's some secrets that need to be surrendered. Hey, you don't need shame. God doesn't want you to have shame. Guilt tells you what's wrong. Get it right. Confess it before God. Shame t- says you're a bad person. That's not God's message. What if you open up that closet and surrendered that skeleton, that thing from the past, that stuff that you don't want anyone else to see? So I'm going to... Lead you in a little guided prayer here. And maybe one of those rooms spoke to you. Maybe it's something completely, as you know, Spirit of God's been talking to you about surrendering that thing, whatever that thing is, for some time now. Let's take a moment and yield. Let's pray. Father, we are complex beings, complicated. There's so many parts of us, so many compartments. And sometimes we're not even aware that we're keeping you out of one of those compartments. That we're keeping you out of one of those rooms. Forgive us. And Lord, we want to be living sacrifices. Where everything is on the altar. And not that we would no longer live, but that we would live in you that we might experience resurrection power. So right now, where you're at, just um, tell God whats what it is you need to yield. Give it to him. If it's your anxious thoughts at night, give him those thoughts. Or ask him to take them take from you. If it's a relationship, if it's the closet, if it's the, the kitchen, whatever it may be. Take a few moments here now and surrender that thing to God. Father, I pray that for every person who has surrendered something to you today, that they will experience life, that they'll experience um, living water, just life, that that you will come to them. uh, Times of refreshing come when we repent. So may your spirit be poured out in these places where we surrender to you, Jesus, that you would be honored and that we would experience all you have for us as living sacrifices, transformed in our minds, proving that God's will is good and perfect and pleasing. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of our uh, daily needs is for forgiveness, and many find that uh, it's helpful. Ancestors in the faith for centuries have found that before we go to the Lord's table, it's good to pray the prayer of confession. And so we're gonna pray this prayer that's based on a centuries old prayer updated with language. um, We've used before on several occasions. And as we go to the Lord's table here for communion, I'd like this to be our uh, entry. It'll be on the screens. Let's pray this confession together. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
3: Give you my
2: as we begin this new year a lot going on in the life of the church I want to say if you're new maybe this was your first week with us we're so glad you were here and if you go out to the new here area in the lobby we've got a gift for you if you are worshiping online for the first time welcome and pray that God's presence was felt wherever it is you were Uh, And also, if you're new here, maybe first time, this was not an ordinary service. We actually do have a sermon every week, okay? Uh, And next week, we're beginning a new series dealing with the topic that keeps more people from faith in God than any other one. And that's the problem of pain and suffering and evil. How can we believe and claim there's a good God when there's so much pain and heartache in the world? That series is going to begin next week ideal time for you to invite a friend with you to uh, bring them to church so they can hear some compelling messages about the goodness of God, despite the stuff that we see that's all wrong in the world. Um, Also, uh, every January, we begin by giving it to God in 21 days of prayer and fasting. That uh, 21 days begins a week from Monday. That will be the 9th of January. And then on the 10th, Tuesday night, for three straight Tuesdays, we're going to have prayer and worship gatherings called Kingdom Come. And in in so doing, we're joining with churches and believers, especially in the 24-7 prayer movement around the world, praying for a fresh new move of God. You don't want to miss those services. God is powerfully present during those. That's a week from Tuesday, starting uh, uh, on the 10th. And then also, let me just say that um, worship involves giving. And when we give, it's, it's, it's a tangible way we, we worship God. You can give in a number of ways. You can give electronically. Um, online, you can get information there. And in the boxes out as you go out, uh, you can continue your worship there. And to conclude today's service, I want to conclude with a prayer that I have prayed more than any prayer except maybe the Lord's Prayer. It's called the Wesley Covenant Prayer. Um, We're going to put it on the screens, and it's a powerful prayer of surrender. All right? So let's, uh, this, this will be, this will serve as the end of our service today. Let's pray this together. I am no longer my own but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you praised for you, are criticized for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant which I've made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen and amen.
0: If you enjoyed today's message, make sure to subscribe to this channel. Feel free to share this with others that God has put on your heart. To learn more about LaCroix Church or to find your next steps, head to lacroixchurch.org. Thanks again for checking us out and we hope to see you soon.